Hey now, and welcome to the city off campus with your two favorite hosts, Sammy Sommerfeld and Jack McFarlane. Jack, how are things going so far on campus for you? I, I don't even know if it's even on campus anymore. Like this is complete anarchy going on. Like I'm sure everyone knows Iowa City's like top three in like hot zones for COVID. Uh, living here right now makes it really feel like that because there's really not a whole lot anyone can do. Uh, nobody really knows who's sick and who's not. So you kind of just sit inside and hope you're not sick. Yeah. And you got no summit, no airliner, nowhere to go. Nowhere I'm to basically refuge. off. I'm basically off campus while on campus. Yeah. And first we just wanted to apologize for our late postings because of the fact that we returned to school last week. Um, we also launched our fireside website. It's the city off campus fireside.fm that's our website where you can find our podcasts on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube and our social media um outlets yeah we're sort of a big deal now i guess some yeah people we're kind say. of big we're time. official we're official and um we have a few podcasts that we'll be launching real soon and jack you want to um just talk about what happened in sports this weekend with the two two coaches and then we'll go into introducing our guests so i I feel like 2020 just cannot get any worse um hall of fame basketball coach lute olson and john thompson just recently have passed away two absolute legends hall of famers of coaches um you know olson leading the hawks to a final four in the 80s I don't know how it can get any worse. You just get two Hall of Famers like this. You know, John Thompson, the first African-American head coach to win a major collegiate championship. A figure like him would be perfect for what our country's going through right now in 2020. He was a trailblazer for all African-American coaches in college basketball. He was the person that made Georgetown seem like an HBCU when it was very clearly not an HBCU. It just proves the impact that John Thompson had, and it's a shame, not a shame, but it's just really sad to see someone like him go so unexpectedly. Everyone has always something good to say about him, and same with Lute Olsen. I mean, it's, you you can't find enough good things to say, seriously. And now to introduce our guest, we've got Devin Greer on the podcast. She's a future Iowa Hawkeye softball player from the OC and <laughs> the first yes and our first guest for our fresh face talks segments how's how's everything going Devin? it's going pretty good it's really great to be here so thanks for having me on here um i'm just hanging out right now i just got back from the beach not too long ago so <sighs> definitely soaking up like the 85 degree weather right now <laughs> there you go that's how you have to do it so if you want to tell our listeners who you are, what's your story, how you committed to Iowa to start. Okay. Well, anyways, like Sammy said, I'm Devin Greer. It's, I'm from Huntington Beach, California. So good California girl coming for you. Um, I visited the University of Iowa the weekend of November 15th through the 17th, I believe. And then I committed the 16th. Um, I had a great time on campus and it was such a homey feeling and the coaches are great. I've obviously, I've known the coaches for like three plus years by now. So seeing them again was a great like experience. And then obviously I knew like the first 30 minutes on campus, that's where I wanted to go. So 
That's what awesome. Was, like, what was the yeah. first thing you noticed while in your first like 30 minutes on campus? Like, what, okay, what, one was the snow. It was snowing and there was snow on the ground and I've like never been on snow because we went to like a family trip in Utah one time and I got like altitude sickness. So I was literally sitting in my hotel room the whole entire weekend. So like seeing snow for the first time was like a really big deal to me. And obviously like how much of a crazy like college town Iowa City is was like insane. Everyone was like wearing the yellow and black and it was just like totally cool. Definitely different from like California and everything. So growing up, what what colleges in California did you grow up just being a fan of their athletics? Like who was someone or what programs did you just look to and said, ah, those are cool, but obviously it's changed. Yeah, I definitely grew up as a USC fan. Uh, my dad played golf there for a little bit before he turned pro. So definitely go Trojans. <laughs> definitely still support them, not as much as Iowa, but they'll always be a hometown feel for me. Um, we beat them this year in football. Yeah, I was going to ask how that bowl game won. How was rooting for that one? I did make money off of that game. I had a bet with my dad. I did win money. I did win money on that game. <laughs> so that was great. So talking to you before um, today, you kind of shared a little bit with me about your recruitment journey and kind of decommitting from a few schools and kind of looking around and um, you know, Iowa finally you landed on, but how did that process go about? Where did you commit first? What kind of happened? What led to you changing your mind? Kind of walk us through that. Yeah, so I committed to North Carolina State my freshman year. Um, obviously, I was very young, and there was the new recruiting rule going into like play the you can't like have contact with college coaches until your junior year. So I definitely felt a little bit of pressure going on with that because I didn't want to go into almost a two-year gap with not knowing where I'm going to go to school. And North Carolina State like gave me a lot of opportunities there and I was really excited to go there. And then unfortunately I had a coaching change and I had to like start recruiting back all over again, which is not fun. It's not a fun process. It's very stressful and it's hard to like trust that you're gonna end up where you're supposed to end up. Cause there's like a lot of nights where you like lay in bed and you're like, nothing's gonna happen for me. But I went to Florida tournament and coach G and coach Prater were there at my game. And I ended up throwing a no hitter that game. And they were going back and forth to my coaches and they were like, we want her on campus. and. So I ended up flying out there like two weeks after and I committed when I was up there and I've never not wanted to go there. <laughs> yeah. So before the Iowa commitment, where did you have other offers from? Yeah. So I where else were you considering a different, I went on an official visit to Grand Canyon that weekend before and I was looking at them. I was looking at Oregon state a little bit. Um, Usually just kind of those three schools. I kind of kept it, my recruiting was very small. Um, so when I got the call from Iowa and I was going back and forth with them, I was so incredibly happy just to hear from the coaches again. Cause obviously like I told Sammy, like when I was in eighth grade, um, coach G was the very first coach to offer me my first scholarship. So it's kind of like a cool, like she's my first scholarship offer when she was at University of Central Florida 
And then now she's like my last scholarship offer. Yeah, it kind of comes around full circle. Full circle. My dad like totally had like if gut feeling or something like that, that they were going to come back around. And sure enough, they came back around and now I'm going to go there next fall. Yeah, that's awesome. So what was the hardest part about decommitting when you decommitted from NC State? The hardest part was definitely telling the coaches because you hear so many like bad stories about when you tell your coach like, oh, like I kind of had a change of heart and I don't know if I really want to go there anymore. Like you hear like coaches becoming totally like crazy on the player. And so that was really hard for me. And it's hard too, because you know, you buy so much gear when you're going to school and I still have like all my sweatshirts from there and like my dad has his. So it's like, gotta like put that at the bottom of a pile now. Um, so that was definitely like a hard process. And I didn't even know where the head coaches like ended up at all. I don't even know where they are or any of that. So that was definitely like the hardest thing I've honestly had to go through with softball. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw something in there. We're going to go back to softball talk, but we did some digging online about you and we saw that you're on inside edition. So what was that story about? How did that happen? Give us the scoop. Okay, so I was, oh gosh, that was a couple years ago, and I was walking down the beach, and we have U.S. Open every year. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's like a big Mm -hmm. surfing competition. Like, so many people are there. You can't even, like, park downtown. You have to, like, walk, like, 10 miles to get a parking spot, and so I was walking around where that usually happens, and I, like, stumbled across a wedding ring. And I was like, oh boy, like, I don't know what to do with this. And I was like, I don't know, maybe like 13, 14. And I was like, ooh, a big diamond ring. <laughs> and I ended up taking it home because I wasn't just going to like leave a ring there. Like, that's just weird. And so I told my mom about it. And I was like, mom, like I found this ring. I kept it for like two days. because I didn't know what to do. I was like so shook. And Did I you ever think about just wearing it out casually and seeing if anyone would just notice <laughs> it? Oh my God, yeah, it? I think I flashed my bling at everybody. <laughs> No, but like, so I took it home and I told my mom about it and she was like, okay, well, we should post this. So we have a Huntington Beach forum where you post like a whole bunch of like your stuff that you like find or like updates, like when there's like a shark sighting, which there was like last week and stuff like that. So she posted it and our family friend like reached out to us and was like, hey, like our friend lost her wedding ring like 10 years ago. Like, I know it's probably a long shot, but maybe we can see and like try it out. So the lady that the family friend told us about, she like reached out to us and she was like, oh, like I lost my ring. And I was like, well, can you describe like where you lost it and all that stuff? So I told him about it. Hi dad, you can leave. (laughs) And I told him about it and so, she like texted us and we were going back and forth and she ended up living in Cyprus. So when she like reached out and everything, we were like, okay, can you come over to the house by tonight? And she came over to the house. She brought her husband and her daughter and then her newborn son. And so we tried the ring on and it was like a perfect fit. And it was like the strangest thing. And we were like, well, can you bring pictures and all that? Because like, 
I'm not just going to give you like your diamond ring kind of thing. Like, but just it's your ring now. Yeah. I found it. Find your keepers. But so she came over and it was like insane. All of us were bawling, crying and her husband and her, like they never bought a new ring after they lost it. Um, cause like financially they just couldn't do it and everything. And so when we found out it was her ring, he like got down one knee again and like proposed. No, and it was, good. I was, it was such a tearjerker and I'm like sitting there, I'm like crying and you know, all of that. Okay. And I remember like two weeks after the situation, um, inside edition, like called my mom and they're like, Hey, you heard about the story? Like, can we do like a story about it. And I'm like in like geometry class, like, oh my God, like mom, I'm gonna be famous. <laughs> so I was on my way to Palm Springs one day and we met um, the lady at her work. And then like CBS, I think it was, was there and everything. And we did like a whole big story on it and all of that. I still have like, my friends will go find it on like YouTube and like they'll send me pictures. I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> Hey, like it's it a, so long ago. It's a fun fact about yourself that you can always kind of throw in there. Yeah, believe me, once you get to college, there's going to be so many icebreakers that you have to do for oh, classes. Yeah. And then you have to be like, oh, what's one fun thing that nobody knows about you? And you could just say, hey, I was on yeah. Inside Edition. And, and it's so weird because it's like, I forget that it even happened sometime. <laughs> so like bringing it up is just like, oh my gosh, that actually happened. Like, that's crazy. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah. But. So go, so going back to Iowa and your process to committing to Iowa, what was your reaction when you, or what was your friend's reactions when you told them that you're going to Iowa out of all places? Like, um, yeah. you know, just for me as a Florida kid, I got, you know, all my friends lovingly made fun of me so much who didn't know about Iowa because it's just the Big Ten is not the SEC um, down south or like how the Pac-12 is for you. So they were making cornfield jokes for days and years. So like, have you experienced that stuff or what have, how have they responded to your decision? Yeah. So originally my sister wasn't on my visit and she was flying down here like a week later. So originally I had every like intention to keep it a secret kind of thing for like Mm -hmm. a week and a half, a week. And my dad was the one who's like, you're keeping it a secret. You're keeping it a secret. And then I was like, no, I can't keep this a secret. Like, it's so great to know where I'm going. So I ended up posting it and I FaceTimed her before I posted like on Instagram and all that. And we were on FaceTime and I was like, well, I know where I'm going. And she's like, okay, like, where are you going? I was like, made her guess and all that stuff. And I just like took my sweatshirt off and I had my shirt on. And she was like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And so that was great. And conveniently enough, my best friend, her mom went there and her grandpa was a professor there and they have like a cancer research foundation over there at the Iowa hospital. So that was nice because obviously it's like a piece of California and like it just worked out crazy. So I'm like making her apply to Iowa and hopefully she goes there, (laughs) but everyone's been super cool and there's not many kids at my school who are committed. There's about four or five of us in my graduation class, and they're staying more California area besides one kid. He's going to Notre Dame. So I've definitely had plenty of the cornfield jokes for my dad, and my dad definitely is the big teaser, him and my uncle. 
And then obviously my uncle Travis, he grew up as a Michigan fan. Ooh. So there's a little blood going on there. <laughs> and then his wife, um, her best friend's family are big Nebraska family. So definitely Big Ten, like Big you Ten. Got it around you. <laughs> so when Hold you, on, Sam, I got no. a question. Was there a was there a drive for you to leave like California and go somewhere else? Like was it yeah. South, Midwest, East, or did it really not matter? You just wanted to get out of California. Honestly, didn't matter where. I just wanted to be out of California. Yeah. Um, I think for a lot of California kids, once you've lived here your whole life, or like you just want to go experience something different. So I obviously, I grew up going to Lake Havasu in Arizona. So I've had Arizona and all of that, but I think Midwest towards the South, like I looked through a lot of schools over there just because I wanted to go experience like a different side to the country for four years. And I can always come back to California kind of thing. And my parents, they're talking about moving when I'm in college. I'm like not letting them cause I want my coming home to be California still. Um, but I didn't really care. I wanted to keep my options as open as possible to kind of see where I, I would find a good fit. So then I found Iowa and couldn't be happier. Yeah. So what? so talking about Iowa for a minute, what do you look forward to and what's your, um, reaction or how do you feel about the meals you've had in Iowa so far? What's your food oh, review? My gosh. Okay. I remember this one restaurant. It's called Wig and Pen. Like okay. the pizza place is like right by campus. I'm pretty sure we went there. Right, Sam, we stink. I don't even know where that is. I, it's <laughs> near the intramural fields. I know what she's talking about. Oh, I don't. Yes. Dude, I'm bad. So we went to Wig and Pen and then crazy enough, my dad's, one of his really good buddies, his friend owns a Wig and Pen. So when we went there, I was like dying and drooling over the pizza because it's so good. And like the food, we went to a like athlete dinner before the football game and they like catered it and they had like smoked like briskets and like all this stuff. I'm like, oh my, this food is amazing for one. And then I'm super excited about Iowa though because like the opportunities I'm going to get there and like I said earlier, it's a college town. So a lot of fans at every game. They're all bleeding like black and gold. And I'm excited, like super excited to see people in the stands watching softball games. And I think softball's grown a lot more recently and it's becoming a lot popular than it was. So super excited to see like the growth in the softball community and yeah. it gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. So kind of going to softball and kind of backtracking now from college to um you know high school to you know whenever you started playing um what how do you how did you get here basically is what I'm trying to ask is how did you end up here what was the training that went into it what's the dedication kind of talk about that and what drives you too yeah so growing up I played soccer as well and then I played softball all like same time, same seasons and all of that. I got really hard and eventually I had to choose. So in middle school, I was driving to San Diego like three times a week, which is around an hour, 45 minutes, two hours, just for practice there and back. Um, And unfortunately that team kind of folded over and kind of ended. So I've been with Athletics Mercado at Semecula for the past five, six years, I believe. Um, 
It's about a two-hour drive still. Um, I just literally just got back from, like, a practice in Hemet, and it's, like, 95 there, and I'm just like, oh, boy. But it definitely takes a lot of dedication, and you have to – I've definitely had to give up a lot more than most average teenagers, I'd say. Um, I have to wake up at 5.45 almost every weekend to get there at an 8 o'clock practice, and half the time like skipping breakfast because I'm so like scared I'm gonna miss like a freeway exit and like cost another 30 minutes and it's just it's very rewarding though because it's like you give up so much but you also get so much back because it's you're not very common like kids from my area getting scholarships to go play sports in different states on the country and it's just very rewarding and I think my dedication comes from like Obviously, I love getting better and seeing improvement in myself and seeing, like, when we, like, radar gun ourselves when we pitch. So I, I'm a pitcher. Like, seeing an extra mile per hour that higher. It's, like, only one mile an hour, but it's, like, the world of difference. And I would never be where I am because my parents, like, growing up, they drove two hours, like I said, three times a week. They're, like, high-fiving each other at 1130 at night because my sister played soccer so family time was like non-existent growing up kind of thing. So vacations kind of help as a family. And I'm so grateful for my parents. I can't even, thank you's not even enough. So I definitely owe it to them for everything I have. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you, so with training and with the dedication you have to put into the game, do you have a diet and stuff you have to follow too when you're training or is there anything there? Is it more you can be a kid and kind of eat whatever you want? I wish I could be kidding everything at once, but I'm trying to like cut down because I'm a big bean and cheese burrito kind of girl. I love bean and cheese burritos, but definitely just trying to eat like salads, your proteins, like your chicken, your steak, and then like make sure chocolate milk is a big one. So after working out, I always chug a chocolate milk. Don't know the theory behind it, but it works. Um, so try to do that. Try to work out as much as I can. Like with Mondays, I have hitting lessons. So I've, like tonight I have a hitting lesson. Wednesdays I have like Temecula practice. So two hours and two hours back, I get home at like 12 o'clock at night. And then obviously weekends practice. So gotta stay healthy because your body, especially when you play sports is very important. So you gotta keep it nourished and everything. Yeah, what's your greatest strength and what's your biggest challenge? Oh. Biggest strength, honestly, I think keeping a positive attitude when you make things like tough, like when you're at practice and you're running poles, like you like want to cry half the time because it's like right after like a three hour practice and you're like dying and all of that. But my strength is just to kind of keep a positive attitude. I think positivity and like mental health, as long as you're positive, you can like persevere through a lot of things. But also on the downfall, is I'm very hard on myself. So say I give up like a home run, like I'm like pissed the rest of the game instead of like just turning the page. Everyone says just turn the page, turn the page, turn the page. But it's hard to turn the page sometimes, you know, and it's like it's always in the back of your head. Like the batter comes up like next two innings after and you're like, oh, she just hit a home run off of me. And then now you're all tense and it's like you're throwing like five miles an hour slower than usual. So how do you keep your mind focused on the mound? And what's your mentality or your mindset when you're pitching? 
Yeah, so I try to, my big thing is I smile a lot when I'm pitching, like, a bat. Oh, that's got to be the worst to bat against. I could not, if you were smiling at me, like, take it all seriously. I couldn't. Jack would get so mad. <laughs> the worst is, like, when I, I couldn't. I could not. I don't know how people, I don't, I'm curious to hear how. I don't know how people can just smile and have that face in that just intense mode. I could not do it. Yeah, but, like, when an umpire gives you a really bad pitch call, like a borderline pitch where it's, like, that could be, like, the game ender. But it's, like, a ball, and he walks the girl. And it's just, like, as much as you want to go, like, scream almost at the umpire, it's, like, you can't because, you know, if you do something, like, umpires love to, like, mess with pitchers, and, like, then it gets the coaches going, and it's, like, a big fight. I'm, like, oh, no. But smiling kind of helps for me personally. I like to laugh a lot too when I get the bad calls, which is really bad because I try not to show my emotions as much as a pitcher. But whenever I get that, I towards I lean like towards smiling a lot, which is kind of scary. <laughs> but it seemed to work for me for a long time now, so I'm gonna try to stick with it. Yeah. So I want to I want I want to go back yeah. to the to the no header that you you threw so you, you kind of referenced it so nonchalantly like have you done something like like that before just um, no editor yes actually how many very young, i was in oceanside for like little league all-stars okay and it was the championship game and my coach john and my dad they were coaching like our little rec ball team and they're like I'll give you a hundred bucks if you strike out every girl this game. And then my coach goes, I'll double you on that. I'll give you a hundred bucks too. And sure enough, I struck out every girl for 21 outs. I struck out every single girl. I got my $200 and I was like eight. And it was like the biggest like accomplishment of my life. I still remember it. Wow. It was so crazy. And then obviously the one in Florida means a little bit more to me personally, just cause Coach Renee was there, and everyone was there, so that was great. Did you anticipate, like, did, could, did you have the feeling that you were just going to throw a no-hitter that day, or it honestly, just happened? The second one I'm referencing. The sad thing, if I'm being completely honest, that was, like, I feel like it was, like, our third or fourth game of the day, and all of us were like, can we just, like, skip this next game? Because there was rumors <laughs> around that we were going to, like, not play it, because obviously we had a lot of flights home going, like, that night. Yeah. And we had, like, just enough girls to play. There was no one on the bench between innings. Everyone was playing. We had to borrow some girls from, like, other teams and everything. But I remember my coach came over. He's like, you're pitching this game. Like, go throw. So I had, like, a five-minute warm-up. And I'm like, let's just go. I put my hair in, like, a big bone on top. And I was just like, let's do this. And I – had such a good you know when you get like that rhythm in something whatever you're doing you're just like in that rhythm I was just in that rhythm and I was game face and I remember very vividly there's this one girl she kept like fouling off balls just fouling off balls and I was like can you just like swing and miss please like seriously and I threw a beautiful screwball and struck her out and it ended the game and I was just like yes like I just did that and I was like the best thing ever. Then we're like running to the car after the game to go catch our flight. So it was like <laughs> the most eventful day ever. Yeah, that's so, that's really awesome. So yeah. for games like that, or just your normal average AAU or high school game, 
what's your pregame routine? Pregame routine. Or so, do you have one? Or, I mean, not have one. I try not to be super, like, I need to do this. I need to put the right sock on first before the left. I try not to have many superstitions just because, like, say my superstitions, like, I go to Chipotle every game, which I don't because <laughs> that just will, like, no, never. Um, I can't do that in some states because, like, some states don't have Chipotle or something. So I try to just be, like, very nonchalant. I don't really have a, like, a pregame anything. I always wear mascara for a softball game. It's for high school games. I always have mascara on. But travel ball, I'm just, like, throw my hair in a ponytail. Like, let's just go. So not necessarily super superstitious here. Do you listen to music before games, before you pitch, whatever? No? Honestly, no. I just, like, go and, like, play. I have, like, the best travel team ever. We get along, like, we're all sisters, and you just show up, and usually my friend Quincy will come sit in the car, and we'll, like, talk a little gossip with each other before the, like, practice or a game, but usually that's, like, pretty much it. No, super superstitious. So, speaking of your AAU team, can you speak a little bit about that for us, too, about how you got on that team? Um, I know you told me recently something about how you guys are ranked, like, number one or something now, too, so kind of go into all of that, and give us the scoop yeah so I started with the organization in 12U and then kind of built my way up to like different teams in the academy and last year was my first year on the HNU gold team and we just won nationals in Oklahoma which is super exciting um usually like the big we call it PGF it's in Southern California it's like five minutes from my house the field which is just like super nice um that ended up getting canceled this year because of coronavirus and all that. So that was really sad. So we booked a trip to Oklahoma and we played Georgia Impact and we went to extra innings and Quincy, the girl who usually comes in my car, she had the game winning hit, which is so great because she's been on this 18U team for 11 years. Oh, wow. And we've gone up from age division, age division to age division. And it was so cool seeing her like, have the game-winning hit. Um, so she's a senior this year as well. But we definitely worked our butts off to get where we are today and super thankful. We have a brand-new team this year. So we've only had about three practices this year. So we're going to see how this year goes. I'm very, very, very excited for this, like, year because we have so many commits from, like, Pac-12, SEC, Big Ten, it's crazy. I think almost every single girl on our team is committed. So wow. that's just great to have, like, so many people. Because we all want the same goal. We all want to go win the national championship in college. We want to go to Oklahoma City. We want to experience the craziness there. And I think we all have the same goal. So that helps a lot with, like, the team and then, like, the mindset going into everything. Yeah. So do you guys challenge each other on the practice field? Yeah. What's the competitive cool. energy like? You will – never not feel competition. Our coaches, they pride themselves in the competition and we have practices every weekend and everything. And there's four shortstops, there's three second basemen, there's three catchers, there's five pitchers on my team. So we're stacked almost in every position. So you just feed off of the energy there and our coaches are very hard on us, but their goal is for all of us to start freshman year. We want to go in there and we want to be the starting pitcher 
when we're in a tough super regional or anything like that, we want to be the ones who are pitching that game. So it's just great because we all love each other and enough to like push each other, but you also got to know your boundaries a little bit where it's like, you want to be that starting position. So you need to work just as hard, if not hard as the girl next to you. So it's great. It's a good atmosphere to be in. Definitely. Yeah. So talking, you've talked um, on and off the air quite a bit about how you want to start as a freshman in college. What stems from that goal? What are some of your other goals for your college season? And what are your goals for this year? Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely goals for Iowa. I have a very strong goal. I want to be first team All-American my freshman year. Um, I think that's what a lot of people want to be when they go into college sports. And yeah, big goal. it's definitely doable. If you put your mind to a lot of things, you can definitely do it. Um, I have a bet that. with my mom and dad that I'm going to be a first team All-American this year or when I go to Iowa. Um, definitely same goal this year for child ball to go win a national championship again. So we can two P for me as like on my team, as long as I've been on the team for the second year. Um, as the vet. That's the goal. That's the guess. That, as a vet, if we're going to try to win again um, and definitely win the Women's College World Series at Iowa, that would be a great accomplishment, especially freshman year. Um, I think we have a lot of the recruits to do it, especially in my class and in the 2020 class and definitely girls who are at the school already. I think if we work hard enough, we can definitely get there. What are your conversations like with current Iowa commits or in, or current freshmen, I should say, um, that are going to be kind of your teammates your entire tenure? Yeah, so um, I talked to a girl named Sammy. Um, she's a freshman at Iowa. I talked Great to her name. all the time. <laughs> Conveniently enough. <laughs> um, she actually, sadly, she has coronavirus right now, so she's all huddled up in a hotel room, sadly. Um, I just sent her a little package from Huntington actually not too long ago. She just got it on Friday. And she's super excited. She just informed me, though, that apparently there's no sports for two weeks there because the coronavirus cases are so bad. Um, I already have my roommate all picked out. Her name's Madeline. She's from Illinois. She's literally me. We're both crazy. So hopefully I'm trying to go out there in November, hopefully, or something like that. And she's going to try to come to California so we can get a little – bits and pieces of like where we're both from hometown. Um, I talked to her almost every single day. I FaceTime her all the time. And we have a really good 2021 class. We have a group message. We talk to about it like all the time together. And it's really cool. We have really fun chats going on in there. We'll send like little goofy pictures and kind of keep everyone updated. We talk about it almost once a week, try to, just so we get to know each other a little bit better. Yeah, build that chemistry. Build the chemistry for sure, yeah. Yeah. So while you're while you're traveling, I'm sure you do a, too much traveling. Like, what do you what do you do to pass the time? Yeah. Like, you can't just sleep all the time. Like, do you do you watch Netflix? Do you write like music? You, you no, no, she doesn't listen to music. Like, what does she do? <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of traveling, I'm going to like Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma, all this fall. Um, I go to Arizona in two weeks. So. Okay. Road trips with dad, definitely. I put my AirPods in and I listen to my own music because I don't want to listen to those like Elton John and everything on the road trips. <laughs> so most importantly, what do you listen to? Oh. Well, coming from Southern California, I can judge for this a lot. I love country music. I love country music. Wow. 
I listen to a lot of country music here and my whole family does surprisingly and listen to a little bit of R&B music and sad enough I watch a lot of TikTok because TikTok passes time <laughs> pretty quickly not gonna lie <laughs> I do that and then just like Snapchat friends and road trips and definitely on flights I try to sleep a lot on flights because we do a lot of team bonding trips so when we just don't go with our parents we all stay in the rooms together and it's usually four to a room so there's not much sleeping going on sadly so airplanes are definitely where you try to catch up on your sleep <laughs> yeah um a question i have that kind of came to me just now with all the aau travel you do and winning the national championship and all that type of stuff how important are rankings to you or stats or that type of stuff as a team and individually yeah and what's important to you as an athlete stats definitely don't lie you know and you try to have the best stats as you possibly can because you know say when you're being recruited like they look at that stuff but honestly I feel like softball and like baseball for instance a lot of sports actually you're going to fail a lot more than you're going to succeed like you can be an all-american and bat 300 and you're going three for ten and that's an all-american like so definitely try not to get too caught up in the stats just so I don't have like the doubts where it's like, oh, maybe my ERA right now is like a three point something like, cause you don't want to have that bad, like mental head space going on when you're pitching. But as a team, we try to have the best stats ever. Cause it's like, we have the bullseye on our backs constantly. We're walking to the field and it's like, oh my gosh, there's athletics Mercado. Like there's Dave Mercado, there's Mark Smith, like faces of our organization. So we have to definitely work a little bit harder than most places. And for us, with the, when the coronavirus started, we weren't able to practice for about two and a half months. So we were behind the eight ball where like teams in Texas, they're playing games. And we weren't practicing for two months. And then we started getting more like, okay, we need to start practicing. We're gonna wear masks. There's gonna be like six of us at a time and we're gonna switch. And that's how we kind of did it. So. We actually had a lot of ways longer to go than most teams, I would say, just because the coronavirus kind of put a stop to a lot of things for in California, at least. Yeah. So as a senior now and kind of being committed and kind of being on everybody's radar, do you kind of ever check yourself in rankings or stats or any of that type of stuff to see where you rank up against peers or do you try to avoid that stuff kind of how do you go about all that type of stuff when it comes to your personal accolades and yeah so there's a website called flow softball i'm sure you've heard of it they do rankings every year um they haven't came out with it yet um i just try not to pay super like close attention to that just because just because someone else says, oh, you're ranked 30th in the country, you're ranked 70th in the country, like, they can say that, but anybody can be anybody in a day. You never know who's going to show up. You never know if one day you're not throwing as hard as usual, or one day you're going to play a team where it's like they're hating home run after home run after home run. So you never really know what's going to happen in my perspective. So I try not to focus a lot on what outsiders have to say. Um, but that's just kind of usually how I go about stuff. Yeah, like that. good mentality. And what about on 
on field mentality with when you're on the mound, we talked about what kind of goes through your head, but how do you deal? And we've talked about no hitters and all the um, awesome stuff to talk about, but when situations on the mound don't go your way, how do you handle it? And what's your mindset? Yeah. So sadly, Colorado, a couple of years ago, um, we were playing another Georgia impact team conveniently. And I had, so many colleges there to watch me and it was like SEC schools and I was really hot on their list and I gave up four home runs back to back to back to back Oof. and I'm just sitting on the mound like can someone just pull me out of here right now like it's like almost you're almost embarrassed you see all the college coaches walking away and you're like oh well there goes that like I'm never gonna hear from them again um but it's hard like I said to turn the page sometimes like it doesn't help when it's just in the back of your mind when you're like going in to pitch the next game you're like well I just gave it four home runs back to back to back to back like it's hard sometimes but I think definitely talking with my dad my dad definitely helps obviously because he was a professional athlete um so talking with him kind of helps and I just try not to beat myself up too much about it because it's a game you're supposed to have fun some days it's not fun some days it is fun and you can't beat yourself up about it because we obviously chose a sport for a reason you're still playing it after 12 years for a reason does it ever feel like work yes it does sometimes definitely it's hard sometimes when you see like your friends snapchat stories and they're all like out at the beach or they're out like a little girl's vacation and all that stuff and i'm driving home from Hemet. And for people who live in California, you never want to be in Hemet. Hemet is like gross desert. Like it's just, no, it's gross. And that's definitely been a hard thing when I was growing up. I've kind of gone over the thing like, oh, I want to go to the sleepover tonight and like all that. Cause a lot of people who are doing that, they don't have scholarship offers. And mm -hmm. I put myself in a position where I'm fortunate enough to have a scholarship and I'm going to college. But you have to give some to get some. So. Oh, Jack, if you have a question, I've been firing them off. So I'll let you. No, I, the, the one I love asking this question of people is what you talked a lot about stats and obviously the stats do not lie. But what's one thing that doesn't show up on the stat sheet that you'd say you bring to the table? Ooh. Definitely. I think kind of cliche, but stats don't ever look into the hard work you're putting into stuff when it's like and being a teammate when you're struggling and you're like era and you're like getting home run after home run and your era is super up it's like you need to also look at it as like when there's another pitcher going in like you need to be just as supportive to them as much as you're gonna like support yourself mentally kind of thing and for me, I try to be the best teammate as I possibly can be because if they're having a bad day, you can relate. You can relate to anybody who's going 0 for 10 when they're hitting or they just got home run after home run hit off of them. And I think a lot of people look into stats and it's like, oh, well, you only hit like 80 this weekend. You did awful. Like, you can't beat yourself up about that because you can come up the next day and you're like an all-star and you're like an all-American the next day. So... I just try to be very positive with everything and that's kind of what stats don't really show. Yeah. When you're talking about, you know, making the sacrifices, which is something they also don't show. Um, 
going into college next year, do you feel like you're going to have to give up more sacrifices or do you think you will kind of have to give up the same amount you've kind of had to give up now or less? Yeah, I honestly think I'm going to have to give up as much as I've already given up. Um, I know college is really known for like all the partying that goes on and stuff like that, but. No, there's not a thing that goes on. Not even in Iowa. None. Jack just goes to the library all day. That's all he does. Library and sleep. But I think it's going to be definitely hard, but I'm there for, it's a, it's like a business. College sports is like a business. You're investing hundreds of thousand dollars into a player and if they're not performing like sorry like no it is these are hundred thousand dollar investments they're just putting in the high school kids and you're putting so much responsibility into their hands and it's it is truly up to them and what they do with it i i totally agree with that exactly and it's crazy where it's like before the you can't speak to people before the junior year but the recruiting rule there's like seventh graders who are committing yeah i'm like I even know I ate for dinner like last night when I was in seventh grade like it's crazy and people are making like thousands of dollar deals with like 12 year olds and 13 year olds Mm -hmm. so I think the new recruiting rule really helped coaches and players because you could have an incredible player when they're 12 but when they're 16 17 they're going through high school they could like totally fall off the edge and be like, I don't want to play anymore because they're all burnt out. So it's definitely crazy. Recruiting is just crazy. It's so stressful. It's stressful even talking about it because it's like, oh gosh, I just did that like a couple months ago. But yeah. <laughs> so who are some athletes you look up to? Softball athletes and different athletes in other sports who are kind of your idols or who do you craft your – anything athletic ability mindset whatever what do you take from different people not named your dad either your dad doesn't (laughs) count as one yeah um my role model is definitely jenny finch um she is like a softball icon she's like the face of softball she's been for the couple of like years now and i'm just lucky enough her dad's my pitching coach so i've met with her i've hung out with her family and she's like the most wholesome person ever and you would she would never like not say hi to you. She's just so genuine and it's crazy. So I've been really fortunate with the coaches I've gotten to like experience like meeting your idol. Cause it's like growing up, like, you know, some people like who play baseball, like I like Derek Jeter. I like Aira. I like Altuve, like all these people. And it's Nobody just, like, says they like yeah, Altuve. I knew Jack was going to say that. I used to love Altuve, and then the whole, like, cheating scandal happened and everything. It's just like, what the heck? But <laughs> definitely Jenny Finch is my role model in, like, a lot of aspects in life. What about outside of softball? What athletes do you kind of look up to or look at? Hmm, that's a hard one. Um, well, speaking, I love Derek Jeter. I okay. love him. I love Chris Bryant. Because I just think there's such, like, icons in the baseball game. Oh, Jack, do you hear that? A Chicago Cub. Sam, they're some of the most attractive, like, baseball players ever. I don't want to hear this Chris Bryant slander. (laughs) Chris Bryant. And then, like, obviously, I support the Angels because California. Like, Mike Trout, he's always a great one. He's always a baseball player. Jack, who's their manager? 
Madden. Former Cub. Yeah, just yeah, he's doing a great job in LA, <laughs> Sam. Let's not get off topic. Doesn't have much to work with. Okay. Oh, nice. He's got so, Mike Trout, Sam. Let's not get away from this interview. <laughs> that's another debate, I guess. But okay, Mike Trout. Who else? Any others? Growing up playing soccer, I loved Alex Morgan. Okay. She's just a total. She's insane at soccer. She's a baller. She, yes, she's a straight baller. Um, I loved Cindy Larue. Her story was really cool because she lived in, was born and raised in Canada and came over and now she's on the women's soccer team and like when they played Canada like the big like drama almost that was going on during the game and she was definitely someone even my mom really looked up to because she's just such like a cool person and now she has two kids and all that. Yeah looking up to these female athletes and as a female athlete what has your experience been like compared to you know your guy friends who play sports or like have you ever had any adversity just being a female athlete or anything from that yeah well obviously there's always those baseball players who are like i'm gonna take you 350 dead center like there's always those people which is so annoying half the time it's just like really do you ever just tell them to step into the box and like take it i have and i've done it before and i strike them out and then they just like (laughs) their boat and it's just like good okay whatever but i've had really good baseball friends actually like really supportive they come to my games and they're just super cool and i think especially nowadays more than ever women's sports are getting a lot more popular and people definitely tuning in more and giving like women a fair chance in a sense but i think we still have a lot ways to go yeah so just a fun question to throw out there what are your favorite movies or what are some of your favorite sports movies even more specifically okay sports movies obviously the sandlot the sandlot is iconic um definitely watched the bench warmers i loved that movie for a while um i don't try to watch a lot of movies because i don't try to spend a lot of time watching tv but my parents are super in like netflix series so whenever they're watching netflix i'll like watch certain episodes with them and i'm like okay i'm over this i'm going upstairs <laughs> but watch tiktoks <laughs> sometimes yes and i watch a lot of softball videos like games i like i rewatch games I, I don't think there's a game on youtube i haven't seen so i watch that a lot like my best friend will be over here and we'll just like laying but i'm like okay sorry but i'm watching a game tonight and she's like okay like whatever and she doesn't play sports, so it's kind of like she's like, I probably doesn't even know what's going on, to be honest. But So you're just obsessed with softballs to the point where you're literally just watching highlights and games for fun. <laughs> Basically, I, I went through a stage where I watched a lot of volleyball games because I played volleyball in middle school, and I thought I was going to be, like, amazing, go to, like, Stanford for it. But <laughs> I definitely watched a lot of volleyball soccer every once in a while but i just don't understand why guys like they get like touched and then like they do like backflips and like they're like throwing their hands there i can't watch it it's so annoying i can't do it <laughs> you think you could see yourself going into coaching afterwards once your playing career is finished um i asked just because you you seem so just in love with watching like the nitpicky parts of the game, like you, you find any time yeah. you can just to watch it. You are a student, like of softball. Yeah, um, I could definitely see myself coaching, definitely. Um, but I also have a lot of other careers that I'm looking into. So I think in college it will help me develop which route I want to go to. And I think there's no better coach to learn from than 
my coaches at Iowa. Um, I do could see myself as a coach, though, somewhere in the softball community, hopefully college softball, because college softball is just so much fun. Um, but we'll definitely see what happens when I get to Iowa, and we'll figure everything out. What's your favorite sports memory outside of softball? It could be you played it or you watched it. What's your favorite thing you can sports call back memory. on? Okay, well, back to soccer. Um, my favorite sports memory probably of all time is I had a corner kick, and I was, like, maybe nine years old. And I bent it in, and I oh, swore no. off of a corner kick. Oh, no. Twice Poor. in the same game. Oh, no. <laughs> Did, was was it the same goalie? Yeah, I think it oh, was. Oh no! But that was probably my favorite sports memory besides anything softball, honestly. Or watching. That's, that's um, pretty awesome. My sister, she played soccer for all of her life, basically, and they won nationals for soccer. So that was really cool to watch because obviously I'm so proud of my sister and all of her accomplishments and like life and everything. So watching her, like, win a big tournament like that, like, just gave me more of a drive to be like, I'm going to win more. I'm going to do more than you. So definitely having her growing up, there was definitely, like, always an ego pride check going on in the house and definitely never went easy on each other growing up. So she was really good to have as an older sister. That's awesome. So the two final Hawkeye related questions I have for you and this is kind of more going into your college career um, later this year is what are you excited for about Iowa from an academic standpoint like what are you interested in studying what stands out to you there and what's a fact about you that you think Hawks fans should know look out for? so obviously with the Iowa education I'm super excited to Hopefully go into a sports management major, um, handle like the business side a little bit more to sports and that's one route. Maybe going into coaching, like you said, we'll see what happens with that. Um, or doing a business major, going in and for a fun fact Hawkeye fans should know is obviously they're gonna have to watch out for this Cali girl coming to Iowa because they're not gonna know what they're getting yet. <laughs> Okay. So, Jack, do you have any other questions you'd like to ask her? I'm all out. Oh, Jack, you know who um, teaches coaching at Iowa? Hmm. The legend AC Earl. (laughs) Um, Well, Devin, um, Hawks fans are going to be excited to have you on the team next year. Um, We definitely would like to – Keep following you along throughout this year. See how your season goes. And, um, you know, now you're kind of on Hawks fans' radar. So we appreciate you coming on. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for having me. So much fun to talk about Iowa and how great of a school it is. Yeah. Jack, anything you want? Oh, Jack, anything you want to add and then you want to close out? No, I don't have anything else. But we will have this posted for you guys, what, by Wednesday? Wednesday? Wednesday. Yeah, you'll see it by the beginning of the end of the week. Um, We're going to get back into a rhythm, guys. Like, obviously, it's not just the teachers and instructors have to figure out this e-learning. Like, if they don't have it figured out, then odds are we don't either. So, we're all trying to get on the same page here with school. But 
as always, uh, definitely not the same time, but same place. Like Sam said, check out the Fireside link. It's going to be on all of our social media. Way easier to listen to the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And you can search us on stuff. Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah. So we're kind of a big deal now if you guys didn't get the memo, but not same time, same place. We will see you guys later.